footnotes. Today we're going to be talking to Stephanie Vokrell. She's the co-founder of Critical Transition Wealth Advisors as well as the Financial Knot. And Stephanie's been in the financial services business for quite some time, but has discovered a particular niche uh, with a group of people that really need help thinking through really complex financial issues. Check it out. Today we're here with Stephanie Vokrell. She, uh, we've known Stephanie for a long time, but she is um, the founder of Critical Transition Wealth Advisors and also the Financial Knot. Right. And Stephanie, it's good to have you on Footnotes. Thanks Thank for agreeing to do this. Um, but one of the things that I think right off the bat, you know, when you think about the two businesses that you have founded, one of them it sort of is sort of explanatory as to what you're doing, but then your your primary business, I think, the Financial Knot. That's an unusual name. How did you get there? How did you get started with that? Yes, and so most of the advertising that people see is, you know, financial knot, and um, it's because it is such a niche um, that we tend to do most of our public marketing through the financial knot. Um, And so um, it is a business where we work with clients to do financial planning through their divorce. And so, you know, I um, went through my own divorce in 2004. It's very painful, very emotional time. And um, I think there is a saying that talks about, you know, you find your passion when you go through really tough waters. And so for me, I'm just incredibly passionate about assisting people through that process because it is just such a tough emotional spot. So the financial knot, um, you know, is exactly what it sounds like. You know, when you're married, you do, you get your finances, like your, your kids and your house, everything is, you know, mixed into that, that marriage. And so in divorce, we help untie that knot. And hopefully we're doing it in such a way so that um, we bring, bring peace to the process. I find that it's a time for people to be really anxious about their finances uncertainty. People don't like that. People don't like change. We're naturally wired to push back on change and for it to bring up our defenses. And so uh, the financial knot is helping my clients to untie the the finances. You know, things owned jointly. How do we split assets? Divorce is about, you know, splitting assets and support. Those are the two largest financial categories. And so that's what we do. When people think about sort of that split, I mean, is it always sort of a 50-50 split? I mean, what do you t- take us into sort of what some of your clients see and go through in that um, untying of the knot? Sure. You know, is it is it 50-50? Is it, I mean, <laughs> what can that look like? Yeah, so the law is, um, and I'm not an attorney, full disclosure, <laughs> right? We have to say that. Yeah. Um, but so the the law is equitable distribution and so that's sort of some nebulous term and nobody feels like it's fair nobody feels like it's fair and so i always tell clients that going into it is it's gonna stink and you know you're not gonna feel like it's fair but we're gonna make it equitable we're gonna make it so that you understand um, what you have now 
what you have the day after your divorce is finalized. And then we're gonna help you understand what this looks like, you know, 15, 20 years after your divorce through retirement. And so um, there isn't anybody else in the transaction of divorce because divorce is a transaction and it is a business. People don't like to hear that, um, but there are people who will profit off of divorce if you're not careful. So you do have to find the right professionals. So um, when we're looking at, you know, splitting assets and um, we're looking at what's fair and equitable, we're the only person in the transaction of divorce that helps clients understand um, how this is gonna impact you in the future. Nobody else, not the attorney, not the CPA you might hire to value a business um, or to find out what your spouse's income is or maybe you have a forensic CPA, you know, to help you understand if somebody's hiding assets. Nobody in the transaction of divorce helps a client understand what's the smartest split for me? How do I split assets so that it's the smartest for my situation? or what is it gonna look like for me after divorce? And that's our job, that's what we do. And so we have clients who hire us who have complicated financials and they wanna understand that. And so many times we're working with their attorney, sometimes they also have a CPA and we work with them as well. So it sounds like, I mean, so you're guiding them through this process that, that takes time. Yes. But it also sounds like you're helping, you're teaching them, you're helping them understand. Because uh, yes. I think one of the first things you said is they have to understand what they have. Right. D do you find that sometimes people don't have that understanding up front? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, and it's not so much always that they've been married to um, someone who is, uh, you know, purposefully trying to hide assets or doing anything that is, you know, um, uh, unlegal, but it, it's just over time, if you're the primary financial person in the marriage, you're just naturally, when you open accounts or, you know, you purchase property or purchase cars, you're gonna be putting those things in your name. And so, it, it, particularly what I find in the dynamics of divorce is that if you do have a non-financial spouse, somebody who just doesn't, it's just not on their radar, they don't particularly think about it a lot or care about it that much or finances stress them out, that can make the dynamics of the marriage, you know, tough to talk about finances. Sure. And so there's just this natural, um, you know, a way of the dynamics of the marriage where the person just might not understand the financial side of things or have assets in their name. And so we we do, we either through their attorney or if they're using a more amicable, you know, process and, and many times attorneys will agree to work together, we find out that information and we help them get an assessment of what is marital property. And so let's talk about that for a minute yeah. because sometimes in a marriage you will have separate property. And that just means if you inherited an asset while you were married or maybe you inherited it before you were married and then you got married, if you never used that money during the course of the marriage, if it always stayed in a separate account or if you inherited it during the marriage and it stayed separate, um, maybe it's still separate property. And so we have to look at 
separate property, marital property. Um, where that gets complex is things like RSUs, stock options. I mean, we have to use coverture fractions and all kind of uh, fancy little uh, calculations to help clients understand what part is marital and what's non-marital. So we help them to get an assessment of what do my finances look like? What is marital, right? And so you can see, especially if you're a business owner, that becomes a conversation that doesn't feel uncomfortable, that, excuse me, that feels uncomfortable sure. because I'm a business owner and you naturally don't feel like you took that spouse to work with you every day, but businesses are marital property and that's, that's hard. You mentioned earlier that, you know, your own divorce some years ago kind of helped you understand, I mean, in real time, in real life, what your clients are going through. Yes. Um, share a little bit more about how your own experience sort of goes and, and threads through your professional experience with, with clients. I think that's interesting that, you know, you, you could sort of sit there with your client and say, hey, I, I've done this. Yes. And chances are they've probably not. Right. So what's that like? There's a lot of emotion behind it. For me, it is a fuel for compassion, um, which, you know, I've had, and it's fine, I've had some advisors go, oh yeah, I, I can help my client through a divorce. Well, there's a lot of uh, specific knowledge you have to understand about the divorce math, right? And um, so the other piece of that is you have to have compassion. And if you've never been through it, then it's really hard to put yourself in that person's shoes. And I'll give you an example. Um, yesterday, we had a client who went, and it just happens to be a female, but she, every time she thinks of something financial, she will send us an email. Doesn't matter if it's in the middle of the night, it doesn't matter what it's about, it doesn't matter if the email is, it makes any sense. <laughs> we'll get an email about it. And so some days we get to work and we will have, and I'm not kidding, five to 10 emails, right? Okay. About things that she has thought of. And so just the a normal advisor, I think would get really frustrated with that. And so I think what we understand that because when I went through my divorce, it's just a brain fog. You have so many things going on, and I don't know if you've ever been so busy at the office and stuff going on at home. There's just so much that you just think, I'm a Gen Xer, so I have to make my list, right? I have to write everything down. If you're not a Gen Xer, you're probably putting a list in your phone or something, but it's... It, organizing makes you feel better. And so we try to help clients to get organized, to help that brain fog. Largely what we do is trying to give attorneys a better client so that they can make decisions. And I find that giving them a financial plan where they can see, okay, this is what I'm getting in the divorce probably. And then as we get closer to them settling, they know, okay, this is what I'm getting in my divorce. Okay. And this is what it's going to look like afterwards. This is where my income is going to come from. I'm going to be okay, right? Because we do a lot of work on getting their expenses. 
Um, and so we go through statements, credit card statements, bank statements. We do all of that work, right, to understand their expenses. So we can tell a client, you're gonna be okay. And I think that because I've been through that and I know people going through that process, that's really all they wanna understand at the end of the day. I'm, I'm trying to, you know, in my day job, I'm an advisor also. Right. Um, and, and our clients are a little bit different than yours, but that aspect of telling a client they're gonna be okay. Yes. What, what does okay usually mean for your client? Yeah, great question. It means that they're gonna be able to pay their bills, that they have a bright future, that they are not gonna run out of money at some point. I mean, occasionally I do have clients where I have to say, if you continue your current spending rate, you will run out of money after the divorce. And so it's helping them to understand, okay, if I can't spend at what I want to spend or what I'm used to spending, well, what does that look like? So it's helping them to define that and have an understanding of, of what that's gonna look like. So, so typically that means they know what they're gonna be able to spend, they're not gonna run out of money in retirement, you know, they're going to potentially get an asset that they really like, whether it's the marital home or the beach condo or what, you know, right. first world problems, right? But, sure. but they get that understanding of um, I, I'm gonna be okay by understanding their spending limits and the assets that they have. And you know that we do, we talk about goals that they want for the future. Like, do you wanna travel every year? Or, you know, what might some of those goals be? And sometimes they wanna go back to school. You know, sometimes they want to, to um, make sure their kids' college is gonna be paid for. So it, it depends on the client. But if we can help them see where there's, their goals are met, and the big one for them though is, is income. Sure. And I get it. You know, we all we all got to survive. So yeah, it's right yeah. there with air, right? Money and air. <laughs> In this country, yes. yes. I mean, you know, it's, it's, there's there's no way to really get around that. Correct. So shifting gears, you know, again, you you and I have known each other for a while and, and we've been in this this business of sort of financial advice. And I know you and I have had conversations in the past and even kind of the conversation before this conversation about um, specifically women in financial services. I know not all of your clients are exclusively women. You, know, right. you, you, you kind of have a gender neutral practice, but in general, <laughs> uh, when we're talking about, you know, the way that sort of the financial services industry and women sort of uh, intersect one another, yeah. it's usually not so great. Yeah. We have a we have a bad history of serving the female population. I certainly can speak to that. And I will say this. Um, it and Because I do belong to some national divorce financial planning groups and I... Um, have some mastermind groups and things that I do all over the, the U.S. and internationally. So I, I think I have a pretty good understanding of the different regions and how gender differences are in, in, in oh, different... Oh, you mean like like within oh, the United States? Oh, yes, okay. for sure. So, and divorce is very different in different regions of the U.S. So okay. in the South, it's much more litigious, shocker. Um, it is still very oriented around attorneys in, out in California, out west. 
It's very much alternative dispute resolution. And so I'm, I'm Does that saying mean outside all, of outside of a court yes, setting. Yes, correct. Okay. Right, right, right. Like a mediation process or people actually working together to do their own divorce agreements, that kind of thing. So all that to say, and to circle back to the the gender issue is is that you know it's specifically in the South, um, I find that women are still very much in more of a historical, traditional role, right? They have not been the primary breadwinner. They don't understand the finances. And and that's okay. I think uh, millennial women are very different, and I can speak to that in a, in a minute, but um, I'm a Gen Xer, and my mom is a baby boomer. And so those two demographics, I work a lot with them. Um, and so, you know, it, it's a, it's still a very traditional, very historic role that women play in the South when it comes to those two demographics. And so they just naturally sort of navigate to our practice because they need our services. Um, it's not, again, not always the case. We do have, we like men. <laughs> we do have men who hire us. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, it does tend to be, we do just because, and, and we're all female, we do tend to have yeah. a lot of female clients. But I feel like there's more emphasis lately, and by lately, probably even over the last decade, where it seems that, you know, when financial services and consumers are being talked about, it's not just people that have money in sort of a generic term. Um, that women who have money um, is is kind of a category now. And it's not like that's a new category and that there's never been, you know, women that have assets or, right. or complex financial situations, but right. it seems like the industry is kind of waking up, if you will, to that and certainly marketing. Oh, my, it. for sure. And, and I do try to educate my clients um, to help them understand that divorce sometimes is a windfall for them and they are going to come into a lot of money. And so be very wise about who you talk to. You're going to have people who approach you and it might shock you. <laughs> because, what, what does that look like sometimes? So I have actually had clients cry to me because they feel like everybody wants their money. Uh, you know, I had a client say, um, my cleaning lady told me that her husband is a financial advisor. She's like, everywhere I turn, people are trying to get me to move my uh, uh, money to them. And, and she was very offended by that. And so, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's something that I try to help them understand that the financial industry has sort of capitalized, or, or at least they market um, to women as a demographic now. And so it, it, it can feel a little predatory to them at times. And so I feel like um, for us, um, women get a, a um, they gain a huge amount of trust working with us through the divorce process. And it is a very natural thing for them to want to work with us post-divorce, you know, okay. in... What, is, what does that look like? Right, so so my wealth management practice, Critical Transitions, Wealth Advisors, uh, we, we work with clients post-divorce. I mean, we will help them uh, establish new accounts for the, the wealth that they have, 
but we're very high touch in that we help them work out their settlement agreement that they get through divorce. Um, we will uh, help them to set up bill payment systems, making sure their bills are on auto draft, um, helping them to understand uh, why they need a budget, how that fits into you know, their everyday lives, uh, establish a system of you know, every third Saturday or whatever it looks like for you, taking an hour and reviewing your spending and are you in line with your budget can be very helpful. Some people just have never had anybody walk through that with them. So helping them post-divorce to figure out what does this money thing look like is very important. And so we're very high touch, especially in that first year. We get them to attorneys to um, redo their estate planning. Um, so there's so much, particularly within that first year that we will do for clients. Yeah, yeah, because it's like on, on the front end, I think like you were saying with TFK, the financial knot, you know, that's kind of before the stuff happens or while it's happening in terms of that, that yes. transaction of divorce. And so yes. it sounds like post-transaction, then that's where um, critical transitions can pick up and, and sort of continue running. Absolutely. Really for, for the rest of their life. I, I know that's kind of kind of the goal, but um, I think it's it's sort of like so it's like they had a financial identity that was that was maybe not a, uh, attached to or combined with another oh, person. Oh, absolutely. And so that changes, and now yes. they have a financial identity that is just with it's themselves. Theirs, and they have to figure that out. And then they have dependent children like? or things like that that right. are kind of in the equation. So that Correct. so you're kind of starting. Right. It's and what do life. they want it to look like? I think the exciting thing that we try to do for clients in that process is have what we call a vision meeting. You know, you've got all this wealth. Well, so this what is after the transaction? After and sometimes. Okay, or before. Depends on a client's state of mind going okay. through the divorce, right? We have some clients who are like, oh, yeah, let's talk about this. And we have some clients who are just having a hard time getting out of bed every day. Understandably so. Right, And so sometimes it's after the divorce. Sometimes, though, it's during that process. I would love for it to be during the process because then it can be included more in that financial plan. But the vision meeting is really to help clients understand, well, what do you want this to look like? This is yours now. I mean, I know the goal is obviously for you not to run out of money, for you to do these things like travel and some of these other things. But, you know, I have women who want to start businesses. I have women who... And, and men, but, but particularly the women that we work with tend to have to figure it out more because, again, they're the ones who have historically, the, um, excuse me, they have more of the traditional historical role. And so they're trying to figure out what does this look like now? So they may want to start a business, um, but sometimes they catch a charitable um, vision. You know, they, they, um, ours is, for me personally, it is to eradicate human trafficking in the Midlands. And so that resonates with women. So sometimes they will grab onto that. Um, but sometimes they have their own, you know, uh, interests and, and they, I have one client who she's very passionate about animals. And we're working right now with Central Carolina Community Foundation to help her 
um, establish uh, a, a vision more of what that looks like and have some specific charities. And so we do work with Central Carolina Community Foundation with clients too, as far as that goes, but um, just, you know, helping them to figure that out. Yeah. yeah. Well, so when you think about the, the work you've done and, and the people that you, you work with and these just truly, I mean, they're critical. These are critical transitions. I mean, yes. I, and I'm, I mean that sincerely. Absolutely. Um, do, you know, what's what's next for the Financial Knot? I mean, do you just keep doing more of this? Um, what, yeah. it, it, I mean, <laughs> you built a business out of it. Certainly there's there's a demand for that. And, Absolutely. And you've, you've done a lot of marketing and just kind of in your own story, just kind of, is woven through that, but what do you, what do you want it to become? So um, we are very excited, obviously, about the growth. Uh, I know uh, when you start a business, you don't ever get into it. I think, um, well, some people might. I don't know that I ever got into this thinking, um, oh, I want to build an empire, you know, but you you certainly have to figure out, well, am I going to have a lifestyle practice or am I going to make this a business, you know? And it, I, I think we have such a powerful message and I feel like the work that we're doing is, is such good work. Um, it's healing. It's very healing for our clients. Um, and I think that there are more um, people who want to speak out about what they've been through and who um, want to have a platform. And so we're looking at a lot of different things. We're, we um, have several um, partnerships that we're looking at, one with um, more uh, on a national platform that, that just kind of came about the last two weeks that I'm really excited about. Um, and so we're actually looking to expand into Charleston and Greenville particularly. Um, but currently we're involved with a divorce group that is statewide. Uh, Vesta Divorce is uh, a platform where we encourage clients to work collaboratively um, throughout the divorce process with the professionals that they work with. And so I have a team of professionals that I work with through Vesta Divorce and it's statewide. And we do a lot of free online webinars and just trying to educate people about the process of divorce. So we have a lot of different partnerships, a lot of different um, things going on. So I'm really excited about that and we'll see. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know, but we're hiring and uh, that's a little bit of a, um, as you know, a process. So yeah, we can do a whole separate show on, know, right? uh, on uh, hiring. And, and, and this is the cue for every business owner to go, oh boy, oy, yeah. right? But yeah. but but it's a thing, though. <laughs> oh gosh, and, and and it's a wonderful thing. I've got um, our clients, uh, director of client service, Jesse Faircloth, who has been with me for seven years, and um, we're looking to add more people to the team. So we're excited about that. A lot of these conversations that we have on footnotes, you know, there's there's a personal story that's driving sort of a business idea, you know, and that, that's kind of broad. But um, I love it when people tell those stories because I think there's so many people that are out there that they do have that experience or something that they've been through that that they are sort of an expert in, <laughs> right. for better or worse. Right. 
And it is, it's interesting when people can sort of turn that, especially something that could be hurtful and painful and just a yeah. tectonic shift in right. someone's life um, and, you know, spend some gold out of it, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, in Critical Transitions Wealth Advisors, we do a lot of work with widowers and widows. And so it's another, another major yeah. life transition, you know, because... Um, we just, I mean, one of the statistics I heard the other day was like 70% of baby boomer women will experience being a widow, 70%. So it's huge. It's another reason women sort of gravitate, you know, toward our practices. Um, we get a lot of those clients too, and have a lot of compassion for that process, so. Yeah. Well, it's, it's cool to be in a helping profession. I mean, we're not doctors and you know, uh, surgeons and stuff, but, you know, right. really helping people through, I mean, you know this, and you learn a lot about someone. You yes. probably learn almost everything about them when you start talking about their, their finances, their Correct. money, you know, Absolutely. and um, there's so many things that get swirled into those conversations that are not just calculations or laws or whatever and, and, and you really do really get into someone's someone's experience almost in a way that a, that a doctor would it's it's a different venue but well the, sometimes <laughs> they get they have somebody who listens to them for the first time and I think that um, it's very powerful we all and, and it's the thing I find in divorces most of the time people just want to be heard they want to be able to tell their story of how things go, but they mistakenly think that an attorney or a judge, and I don't mean this ugly, that they care. But it's like a doctor who deals with cancer patients all day. You're just another person who has cancer to them. And you want to think that the doctor is compassionate, but it's probably the number one thing we hear about people is their bedside manner was terrible, right? Well, it's it can be the same, you know, in that litigation process. And so we're the ones who hear from our clients. We're the ones who let them tell their stories. And I think that can be very powerful for sure. Stephanie, you mentioned earlier about, um, you know, you talked about some of the generations you're working with, with boomers and, and Gen Xers, yes. but then you, you you put a snippet in there about millennials right. and said we were going to come back to it. Right, right, right. So let's come back to it. Okay, um, perfect. Millennial women, what, what's um, unique and, and different or what are you seeing out there in the market? Yeah, my goodness, where do I start? So they are the most educated female generation ever in the history of the world. I mean, they are getting educated more than men now. I mean, you certainly see those statistics um, about I mean, women. Like post, post K twelve, like college, college and Absolutely, beyond. Absolutely, yes, yes, uh, and, and uh, doctoral work. You know, um, and so what's different about that generation and divorces is that many times they have brought their own assets to the marriage. Okay. And so, you know, you're looking at um, helping a couple through a prenup agreement. They've, they've got prenup agreements sometimes. And so you're working with the attorney to look at the prenup agreement. You're making sure that property is separated correctly, that you don't co-mingle, you know, marital asset, I mean, excuse me, uh, separate assets with marital assets. 
And so it, it's just a very different demographic. You know, many of them are business owners. Um, and so helping them to make sure that, that they, you know, have valued that business appropriately and, and they're handling that the right way is huge. So do you, do you find that they sort of, again, we're kind of generalizing here, but in uh -huh. general, do you, do you see that they even have a different um, um, expectation of you as an advisor, as opposed to some of the other generations, kind of a representative example that, you know, sure. an Xer looks for an advisor to do things right. this way, a, a boomer this right. way, but is it different in terms of their expectations of you? Yeah, they're, they're, they are m much more technical. They do want to have more information, which is great. Um, they are able to um, provide a lot more of the information that we need just regarding their finances. They're proficient with accessing information online. Some of them run circles around me and can teach me and show me how to find information, so it's great. But um, so from that standpoint, I think their expectation um, from us is not so much to help them know what they have right now, but to help me understand once I'm done with this transaction, what is this gonna look like for, for me going forward? And so they don't rely so heavily on us to understand what they have right now. Does that make sense? Um, so, um, but, but it's, a, it's, it's definitely a different demographic. Uh, and and they, they are, um, again, they want more information. And, okay. and that's great. So they, they want to understand more of the technicals. Okay, so why did, why did you calculate it that way? I've actually had one ask me that question before and, and tell me about the, the fraction that you use here and what this means. And, and that's fine, but I, I do find that they want to understand that more. So they rely less on us to just um, give them the answer. They do want to understand more of how we got to that answer. Okay, okay. If that makes sense. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Great question. Well, thanks for sharing all that, and thanks for just sitting down and, and doing the doing the interview. I think this is, um, well, it is relevant, but I think it's going to help <laughs> a lot of people. Absolutely. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for having me.